Well, everybody, welcome to God Squad Church. Hope you guys are having an absolutely amazing day so far. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the privilege to be able to bring you guys the message today. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of a dif- difficult time uh, with this with this message. As I was starting it, I, I, I was kind of looking at it. I was like, I, I, I was looking at it, and I was almost like, how am I going to relate this to all of our lives? And sometimes I struggle with that, but this one was a little bit more, and you'll understand why in just a little bit. But I've entitled this message, What's Filling My Heart? What's filling my heart? And I, I, or what's filling your heart? You know, and the, the fact of the matter is, is what I want you guys to do is be asking yourself that question throughout this sermon throughout the the entire message is what is truly filling your heart? And maybe right now you have an answer for that. Maybe you don't have an answer for it yet, but we're going to work through that a little bit and we're really going to analyze ourselves a little bit. Uh, I think it's important to be asking ourselves those questions. But before we get into all of those things, uh, we're going to be really talking about the vision that happens in our personal lives. And so as gamers, we can understand division when it comes to uh, a team of people that are trying to tackle an objective together. And when there's division that's happening, that doesn't really work too well. And you guys might understand what I'm saying if you've played a game like Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege, if you guys don't know what it is, essentially there's two teams. They're pitted against each other. It's a great game. I actually really do enjoy it. I haven't played it for a long time. But there's two teams that are pitted against each, each other. There's an objective to achieve. Uh, which honestly, most of the time in this game, the objective actually is never achieved. Uh, it just ends up being one team eliminating the other team, to be completely honest. But the example that I'm about to give, it still works here. In Rainbow Six Siege, one of the worst enemies in the game is Friendly Fire. I'm not even going to lie. Friendly Fire is the most difficult and frustrating thing in Rainbow Six Siege. I can't tell you how many times, maybe you've experienced this yourself, if you've played any decent amount of time in Rainbow Six Siege, where you're aiming down a hallway at a doorway, because you know, you know for a fact that there is an enemy that's sitting behind a table or a chair or something that you can't shoot through. And you're just waiting for him to peek out his ankle, you know, his big toe or his head so that you can. And and what happens? Well, eventually the enemy peeks around the corner and you start firing your gun. And at that exact moment, at that exact moment, one of your teammates runs across the hallway in front of you, not even looking for that enemy, just runs right and you pop him in the head and he dies immediately and he gets downed. The enemy sees that he's downed, and it wasn't the enemy that killed him. It was friendly fire. There is and and then this causes this cause. If you're listen, if you're if you're playing with randoms, okay. If you're playing with those rando people, okay. I like to call them Randys, all right, because I call all of them Randy, all right. It's it's a great name for random people. Let's just get that out of the way. You got these random people, and they're like, well, if they're gonna kill me in the middle of the match. I'm going to kill them at the beginning of the match. And then you get downed immediately at the beginning of the match because they didn't know that you weren't trying to down them. Now you're downed. And now there's a split. There's a division on your team. Maybe you've been in a Rainbow Six Siege game and you have trolls, okay? I've seen I countless times where you go into a match and somebody just downs somebody for just for no reason at all, just to be a troll. And you're already down four to five. 
because somebody decided that they were going to down you at the beginning of the game, be a troll. Now, normally they won't take out two people. I've seen it happen before, but if you take out two people in one round, then you're kicked out of the match anyways. <laughs> I've seen those trolls as well. But the fact of the matter is, is now you're, you're at a disadvantage. It ruins your team's uh, uh, abilities to be able to successfully achieve the objective that you're trying to uh, uh, get to. Another example that I wanted to bring actually has to do with a game that came out yesterday that I played on stream, which is Spider-Man 2, which, by the way, I want to say is absolutely amazing. Really good game. It's technically the third installment of the series. I know you're saying Spider-Man 2, but wouldn't that be the second installment? There is a game called Miles Morales as well, and it's debatable whether it was actually a DLC or a standalone game, but it's the third installment of the series, essentially. And everybody was so excited about this game to come out because there's this new suit that you didn't have before, and it's the symbiote suit. And generally in Spider-Man lore, this suit has some type of insane power. It has some amazing abilities that it has that if you're not wearing that suit, you don't have those same abilities. However, the suit essentially being a living organism has a mind of its own. Uh, and it will frequently take over Spider-Man, whether it's taking him on joy rides at night where Peter Parker doesn't even know that he's going on these joy rides at night. Uh, it, that's happened in some of the comics, actually. Uh, or it just starts to change his personality uh, the more that he wears the suit. A battle then ensues with inside of Peter Parker where he needs to decide whether he wants to continue holding on to these new powers, and these new abilities that he has and risk everything that he holds dear to his life. Can I go back to my old life, or do I, do I really hold on to these new abilities, these new things that I have right now? So the point here is that there's division in a team or within or among yourself. It can cause problems in our lives. It can cause destruction in our lives. And so today we're going to look at a moment when Jesus heals a demon-possessed man, and then is accused of driving out the demon by the power of Satan, basically. And so, first thing I want you guys to put in chat and ask yourselves this question. Am I divided? Put it, put it in chat. Spam it in chat. Am I divided? With in and among myself, am I divided inside of my heart? And we're going to dive into that right now by going into Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 23. And it says this. Now he, being Jesus, was driving out a demon that was mute. Remember that, a demon that was mute. When the demon came out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, he drives out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. And others, as a test, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction and a house divided against itself falls verse 18 if satan also is divided against himself how will his kingdom stand for you if you if you say i drive out demons by beelzebul and if i drive out demons by beelzebul by whom do your sons drive them out for this reason they will be your judges if i drive out demons by the finger of god then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in 
and divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Now, normally, when I've read this passage in my own personal time in the past, I read this and I kind of glance over the story. I've read it. I've probably read the story, you know, dozens of times over over the years. I read through Luke a lot, read through the Gospels a lot, and I read the story and I kind of just tend to glance over it a little bit. And the reason why is because I feel it doesn't have much to do with me and in my life. And you might be wondering or saying, well, yeah, it's talking about demon possession here. Uh, you know, it, it, it probably doesn't have to do with too, too many people currently right now or people that are reading the Bible. So though these things are very real, demon possession is a very real thing, and they do happen today. This was a story that I never really felt like it resonated with me personally. Maybe you feel that way as well. I first want to point out the power that Jesus has here. You see, in this day and age, the thing is, is the Jews had specific people who were exorcists. They were the, the exorcism being being the casting out of demons, right? So they had specific people that were exorcists. They would they would cast out demons out of people. But here's what the Jews believed: that to cast out a demon, the demon had to reveal his name, or they had no authority to cast it out. In verse 14, though. We see that the demon is actually a mute. It's not just the person that's a mute, but the demon is actually mute too. So how can a mute demon reveal its name to be cast out in the first place? So Jesus comes along. He comes along on scene and he comes and he casts out the demon. And this is why the people are amazed. It's not because the demon had been cast out. They've heard these things before. They've seen these things happen before, but they believed it to be impossible to cast out a demon that was mute because it couldn't reveal its name. You can't name it. You can't cast it out. That's essentially what they believed. But Jesus comes on a scene and something else happens. So the people that were around, the people that were in a crowd, they had two ways of thinking. The first thing was, well, Jesus is casting out demons by Beelzebul or Satan because it's a nickname for Satan. Or the other thing that they're thinking, well, we want to see a couple more signs from you, Jesus, before we start believing. We're not going to believe you just yet. Even though this is a pretty amazing thing, even though, wow, we've never seen it before, we want to see some more signs from you before we start believing in what you're talking about and the things that you say. So then Jesus explains to the people around that a kingdom that is divided cannot stand. It wouldn't make sense for Jesus if he's working for Satan to cast out a demon who is also working for Satan. That would destroy the kingdom. That would destroy the purpose. So then Jesus confirms that he's casting out demons by the finger of God, which means the kingdom of God has come upon them. But once again, you're probably asking yourself at this point, what does this have, have to do with me in any way, shape, or form? So I ask you the question again, are you divided? As humans, we tend to focus on many things. And we're going to talk about those things in just a moment. But I've had several conversations with people who want peace in their lives. They want to grow in their relationship with God. They want to have more strength. They want to lean on God all the more, but they're not willing to put forth the effort to make a radical change in their lives so that they can grow closer to Jesus and grow deeper into their faith. 
the power of Jesus, listen, it is undeniable. It is undeniable power. He's the one who's casting out demons. He's the one who's healing the lame. He's the one who has raised people from the dead. He's the one who heals. He is the one who himself could not be held down by the grave. The power of Jesus is undeniable, and it can do some amazing things in your life as well, if you allow him to. You see, Jesus explains here, that there's a strong man who is filling this person, right? The demon is inside of this man. There's a strong man that's filling this person. But then he states that a stronger man comes in to overcome the strong man. This is when a battle is now engaged between inside of someone between a demon and Jesus. And then in verse 23, Jesus essentially asks this question. Are you going to work with me? Or are you going to work against me? And I think depending on what is filling our lives, that we have to ask ourselves that same question. Are you going to work with Jesus? Or are you going to work against Jesus? And so the second question I have for you guys is what's filling me? What's filling me? What's filling me on the inside? What is truly overtaking me in my life? Because like I said before, humans have a tendency to place their focus on many different things in their lives. Video games, social media, your job, money, sleeping, gossip, lying. We could we could go through everything. These are the things that we focus on in our daily life. I'll explain it this way. I've um I'm not a big social media person, okay? And you guys probably know that. But here's the thing. I have heard, and I've done this before in my life as well, not many times it has happened though, um, where people are on Twitter or Facebook, and I've heard people tell me this as well many, many times. They got their phone out, and they're scrolling, and they're scrolling, and they get another dopamine hit, and they keep scrolling, and they're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and they're scrolling through this video. And scrolling through that video. And next thing you know, three, four, five hours of your life has been scrolling through social media. So I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I was talking to her how I've I've seen a lot of people engaging in this on a daily basis. This is a part of people's daily lives. It's a part of before they go to sleep at night, they're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And so I'll explain it this way. My mom said this. She says, there is a difference between having social media and social media having you. I'll say that one more time. There is a difference between having social media and social media having you. And you can go with that with all the different things, right? Video games, TV reading a book, whatever it might be, there's a difference between having something and having it controlling you. So I ask you again, what are you filling yourself with today? And I'm not saying that video games are bad. I'm not saying that social media is bad. I'm not saying that your job or that you know having money is a bad thing. Those are not bad things, right? But we can become consumed by these things where they start to di direct our lives and they take priority. And so we're going to continue here as Jesus continues to teach. 
in Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. And it says this, when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest and not finding rest. It then says, I'll go back to my house where I came from. Returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. So essentially what happens here, there's this person, he's possessed by a demon, he gets the demon cast out, but there's nothing taking residency in him. There's a vacancy inside of his heart. And so the demon decides, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. I'm going to go back to this person. Now, I want to be clear here real quick. When we're talking about demon possession, you cannot be possessed by a demon if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are following him. Yes, you are in his possession. You are in Jesus's possession, not anyone else's. Can you be oppressed by the enemy? Yes, but you cannot be possessed by the enemy. I want to make that clear here. So Jesus is saying here that if someone is possessed by a demon and does not end up accepting him, if that demon is cast out, then there's a vacancy inside of that individual. A demon can just settle back in the same place that he was at before, bring some of his friends around, and then that individual will be worse off than it was in the beginning. But if we take a deeper look at what we are filled with, what we're filling our lives with, I think we can all agree that there's been times that we fill our, our, our lives up with things that are not of God. Right. Even even when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you still have the ability and the choice to make other things a priority in your life and to allow yourself to get entangled in other things. So I want to ask you this question. I want you to ask yourselves this question. Who or what is on the throne in your heart? Who is on the throne in your heart? Is it anger? Unforgiveness? Resentment? A specific sin that you're entangled in? Is it video games? Binge watching a TV show? Maybe it's social media as we talked about before. Who is on the throne in your heart? Where does your daily interaction take place? What do your conversations generally go around to? Where is your time being fed into every single day? We need to be intentional about placing Jesus at the forefront of our lives, to put him on the throne in our hearts, spending genuine time with him every single day. I'm not talking about picking up your Bible and saying, okay, I'm going to read three verses or a chapter or four chapters or 20 chapters. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you have to read 20 chapters a day. I'm talking about spending genuine time with him. A lot of people have asked me, well, how long is long enough to read the Bible? Is it three chapters? Is it 30 minutes? Is it two hours? I'll say, how much is long enough when you start actually seeing that you are making a connection with God? When God starts speaking to you, when you start to realize that God is doing something in your life, that is when we need where we need to be. And I want to promise you something that once you start having that, it's going to be tough to drag yourself away from it. 
How long should I be praying? What should I be praying for? Continuing to pray and be in his word every single day. Making sure that your connection with him is stronger than it ever has been before. Is Jesus the one that is filling you right now in your life? And so we've talked shortly about, am I divided? Is my heart divided in some way, shape, or form? We have our focus in so many different areas. Is my heart divided between Jesus and something else that's in my life? And then we, I ask you guys, what's filling you up, right? What is filling me? What is on the throne in my heart? What am I filling myself with every single day? Where are my conversations being directed towards? Where's my time being placed in every single day? What is actually happening? What am I filling myself up with? But here's the thing, and I think this is amazing, that no matter what we filled ourselves up with or where we're at in our lives, the type of walk of life we come from, I am still blessed. I am still blessed. No matter where you're at in your life, you are still blessed. Even if right now you have something else that you recognize that you have something else sitting on the throne in your heart, say this to yourself, I am blessed. Even though this is the messed up thing that I did last week, I am blessed. Even though I didn't make Jesus my priority this week, I am blessed. Jesus is so loving. I can tell you from my personal life that there are some horrible things that have happened. I've gone through trials that people would never be able to believe. Me and my wife, we've been through things that we have never told people in our lives before. Only very few people in our family and extremely close friends that we trust know the whole 100% story of the things that we've been through. But here's the fact of the matter. Even though it was the hardest things that we have ever been through, the trials that we have struggled through, the people that we've lost, the things that happened, after everything, we can still come back and we can say, we are blessed because of Jesus. I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for him. And so I want to read for you guys Luke chapter 11, verses 27 through 28. And I hope that through these two verses that we're about to read, that you'll believe that you are blessed too, even with all the struggles that you guys are going through. Because I know we all go through struggles. It's not just me. It's not just you. Everybody has things that are going on in their lives. I'm not saying that one person's are, are worse than another person's. Everybody goes through things and we deal with them differently. We cope with them differently. We're affected by them differently. But here's the fact of the matter. We are still blessed. So Luke chapter 11, verse 27 says this. As he was saying these things, a woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb who bore you and the one who nursed you. And he said, Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Someone speaks up in the crowd. This woman speaks up in the crowd 
after all these teachings, maybe a woman who's a mother of, of some children. I don't, I don't know. We don't know a lot about this woman, but somebody speaks up in a crowd and says that your mother, Mary, she is so blessed to have been the one chosen to bear you, Jesus, to bear the perfect one. My sons are over here and they're going crazy. They've been fighting each other all day. But you, Mary, you are blessed. And Jesus actually, he takes nothing away from this fact. <laughs> he knows that his mother Mary has been blessed to be chosen to bear him. But he then says something else. That those who heard his words or hear his words and keep his words, they're even more blessed than Mary. He's saying that even though Mary is being his mother, listen, there is a special relationship between a mother and their children. There really is. You can't deny it. There is a very special relationship between a mother when they have uh, and her children. But he's saying that even though Mary being his mother is an extremely important relationship and how important that really is, Jesus is saying that his relationship with you, for those that keep his words and who hear his words, that's a much greater and more important relationship. That's saying something. You are more blessed than the mother of Jesus. You know, we live in a time where Jesus has already, we live in an amazing time, okay? I, I've heard people say this, I wish, I wish I could live in the time of the Old Testament. I wish I was there during the Exodus where I could see Moses raise his staff and walk between the waters, right? Walk between the waters as I'm walking through the Red Sea as there's 30 foot high waters or whatever how high it was on each side of me. And they came crashing in on, on, on those that were chasing them, on the Egyptians, right? I've heard people say these things before. But here's the thing. The Israelites, the Jews, they were waiting for the Messiah for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They were waiting for the promise to come, and you are living in that promise. You do not have to wait for the Messiah to come. You do not have to wait for the Messiah to die on the cross for your sins because he already has done so. You live in a time where Jesus has come to this earth. He lived a perfect and pure life. You don't have to worry about maybe he's going to do something wrong. What if he does something wrong? What if I'm not saved? What if I'm not taken out of the, of the things that are hindering me? You live in a time currently right now where Jesus has already come for you and he's already saved you. We live in an amazing time today. Jesus has come he has defeated sin, and he has overcome the grave. We live in the best of times. And so now the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Some of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior already. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Who is sitting on the throne in your heart? I challenge you to ask that question and really analyze yourself. Who is sitting on a throne in your heart? And I want you to be intentional about allowing Jesus to do some cleaning in your life, to take his rightful place on that throne as king of your life. 
but there are some of you who have not accepted Jesus Christ. Maybe your heart is empty right now. Maybe you have, you know, and when I say empty, I mean, it is, it is in order. It is swept up. Maybe it's not swept up. Maybe it's dirty. Maybe it's completely unclean, but here's the fact that matter. Jesus is the one that can change it all. He is the one that can change it all. And in order for someone to take, you know, it, it, it is an order to, for somebody to take residence inside of you right now. Because Jesus Christ, he came to this earth, lived a pure and perfect life. He died on the cross for you. And he rose from the dead so that one day you could be with him. That you just have to reach out and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And you have that ability to do that right now. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, listen, I, I've been doing some wrong things in my life. I've, I've accepted him before, but I've been going down a path where I know that I've been filling myself with other things. I've been filling my heart with other things in my life, and I need, I need to redirect that. I need to go in, back into the, hey, listen, this is a time for you to do so. All you need to do is to cry out to Jesus, claim him as your Lord and Savior, Accept him and follow him. That's all you got to do. Have you made the decision to have Jesus sitting on the throne in your life today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are so good to us. I did not deserve Jesus to come to die on a cross for me. The things that are on my heart, the things that I've done in my life, the pain that I've caused you. And yet, knowing all those things were going to happen, knowing all the things that I was going to do, know all, knowing all the things that we were going to do, you still sent your son for us anyways because of the love that you have for us. And so, God, I pray right now that those people who do not know you, that right now, as they are sitting there listening to this message or people that are watching this in the future, that they are saying, I need Jesus in my life. I want to claim him as my Lord and savior. God, I pray that those who have fallen off the path, who have accepted you before, but they know that they've been filling their lives with other things, that right now they are saying, I am moving into a more righteous way. I am going to live for Jesus and follow after him. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we have that ability, that you sent your son to die for us. And so I pray today, as we separate from our ways here at church and going into the after church, wherever we're going today, Lord, I pray that we truly would take a look at our lives and ask ourselves, who's sitting on the throne in my heart? Who is sitting on that throne? And I pray that we would make the radical changes in our life to make sure that you are not just sitting on the throne, but that you are staying on that throne. We thank you, God. We thank you for all that you've given us. We pray for you. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Boz, for that amazing message. Guys, I don't...
it's just so crazy to think that the Holy Spirit is giving someone words to say to us and that they come in front of us and they take their time to teach us about God. It's just absolutely amazing. So thank you, Boz. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being an amazing servant and saying what you felt like God was needing us to hear. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys think about this. You take it to heart. That question, who is sitting on the throne in our hearts is a big one that you will probably be asking your entire life, right? Um, and so definitely, definitely be thinking about that throughout the week. And hey, even if you realize like, oh gosh, Jesus is not sitting on the throne. How do I do this? Hey, you've got a church to help you figure out how to do this. Like, do not be shy or scared um, of admitting anything with us. Like, that is what the church is here for, to help us get through things because we are not perfect. None of us are. Okay? So I want to encourage you guys in that way. Um, so, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, if you decided to make Jesus the king of your life, for the first time or maybe it's been a while and you're like gosh i give i gotta give my life back to god like there was a time in my life where i knew god but i've walked away and he's not on that throne but i want him to be back on that throne we want to celebrate with you so if you want to say i choose jesus in the chat so that we can celebrate you right now amazing if you're too shy that's okay you can always fill it out in our connect form. So exclamation point connect to bring out our connect form. You can tell us this way that you've made the decision. If you're not quite ready to be public or uh, if you're just lurking and not used to chat, whatever. But we want to celebrate with you because that is the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. And then if you're watching this, um, like Bob said, in the future, which if you're watching it right now on YouTube, it's not the future, but you know, still kind of cool. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you still have the opportunity to do that, to fill out um, our form, which you would just have to go to our website to get to the form um, or just send us an email, you know, whatever it takes to, to say, hey, I've chosen because we would love to celebrate with you. Um, also, we have this cool thing called baptisms. So if you do choose to follow Jesus, what we do like to do is to one teach you a little bit about what baptism is but like in more in depth but right now what i'm going to tell you is that it's just a way to publicly declare that you are following jesus and we have baptisms here at god squad church so if you would love to sign up for those you can put exclamation point baptism get that sign up going um first you'll take the classes and then we'll figure out a time where we can you know, have yourself dunk you yourself in the bathtub or something. That's kind of what people happen to do here uh, because it's all online. So we have to do everything in creative ways. Or sometimes we meet in person and you can do it in person with us. Um, but we do have those baptisms and those are something we value and absolutely love to do. Um, we also just want to say that um, we love all of you we love seeing that you are here that you come to service whether you're faithfully coming every single week or whether you're here once a month here and there we are just so grateful for this church because this church is you and we we love you guys uh we want to bring this time now as a time to offer god our gifts and our offerings and so 
worship is so many different things. And one of the things you can do to worship is to give back to God. Like just now you've heard how God has given you so, so, so much. And so we really value making sure that the entire world, specifically gamers, know the good news of the gospel. And we are not able to do this without your giving to make sure that God Squad Church can happen. So if you would like to give to this mission, there's a couple of safe and secure ways that you can do that. Um, right there in the chat, we have a link. You can also go to our website and give there. You can um, hit the panel below on the Twitch panels there under the screen. You can also text. So if you're a texter, go ahead, pull out your phone. You're, what the number is that you're going to text is 84321 and you can text any amount and it will start prompting you ways to make sure that amount gets to us. And what we really want to say is thank you so much to those of you who have been giving and who are choosing to give right now because without you, we would not be able to make this place happen, God Squad Church. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your giving.